If you'll join me in Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, we will be looking at verses 1 through 3 this morning in a sermon entitled, Child, Please. (laughs) Our key words for our worshipers and training are, Child, Obey and Learn. If you're using the Blue SV Bible, you can find it on page 979. This morning we are finishing our series called Who Do You Think You Are? And it's been a short series on our identity. And we spent the first week considering our identity in general, the Christian's identity that we should find in Christ alone. And then we looked at a biblical manhood and what it means to be a man, to act like men. And then last week we considered biblical womanhood, biblical femininity, what it means, according to God's Word, to be a woman. So this week we end our series, and we will be doing something I don't do very often, which is to focus our attention on children, and not so much talking about children or about parenting our children, but talking to children and addressing all of our children, their call to live according to God's Word. But I do have a quick note for parents before we get into our text and and one objection that I want to answer. One thing that we often hear from our friends and primarily friends who uh, are Presbyterians who we have very, very much in common with and love very much is that they would say uh, that since we don't baptize our children nor do we include them in the membership of the church if they're not believers in Christ, Uh, We don't believe they're members of the new covenant yet, uh, that we're being inconsistent when we teach our children to pray or encourage them to live biblical lives. If we believe that they are unregenerate or that they are not covenant children, what expectation could we ever have that they would have the ability or the will or the desire to obey God? But of course, this really misses the mark of what we believe about our children. We do, in fact, believe that a person must profess faith and show credible evidence of regeneration to be a member of a local church and to be under the covenant of grace and not under a covenant of works. However, we also believe that by virtue of our children being in families with Christian parents, being regularly exposed to the means of grace, being prayed for, being prayed with, being taught the Word of God, being exposed regularly, week in and week out, to the preaching of the Bible, learning the truth of Scripture, being called to faith in Christ on a regular basis, that the Lord is far more likely to convert our children than He is some random kid in your neighborhood who has no access to the means of grace. Paul teaches us in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And he also, in 1 Corinthians 7, calls our children holy, which I believe is related to their exposure to God's Word and to God's people in God's church. So even as Baptists, believe it or not, we can have a reasonable expectation that God will work in the hearts of our children and bring about regeneration. And and the way I think about that with my own children is that day to day I want to be instructing them in the things of God so that I'm sort of building, I have this picture in my mind of building this this sort of fire nest around their hearts and packing in all the kindling, 
putting in the materials that are needed so that when the Holy Spirit comes through and, and drops a small spark and sets their fires ablaze for Christ, that it's there and it's ready. So yes, you should have your children learn how to pray. You should encourage your children to obey Christ. You should hold your children accountable to God's standard. You should expose your children to the means of grace. You should insist on your children participating in family worship and being in corporate worship and going to Sunday school and Bible studies and small groups and singing in church and listening to the sermon. All of this the Lord will use... And the most important thing you can do as a parent is to help your children make progress in finding their identity in Christ. And something we pray all the time for all of the children here is that they would not go a day of their lives when they didn't believe Christ, that he didn't trust in Christ. And that's how it's done. Day by day in your home, week by week in the midst of the people of God and the church, So today, this morning, is just that, another piece of fire starter that we're trying to pack in against their hearts so that the Lord might be pleased to set them on fire for the Lord Jesus. And imagine, if this were to be the work of God, the faithfulness of God's people being worked out in the lives of our children in 10, 20 years, Redeemer Baptist Church will be filled with our children now beginning to take on roles of leadership in the church, leading in ministry, preaching the gospel, teaching their children the very same things that we're teaching ours right now. It's a wonderful thought to think what the Lord can do in the generations ahead. And so we have work to do. So, children, I'm talking to you this morning, and I hope you will be listening. You may not understand everything I say, depending on how old you are, but I think you'll be able to understand some of the things and that they will be helpful to you. And if something doesn't make sense, I know all of your parents spend every Sunday afternoon talking to you about the things you learned in Sunday school and during the sermon, so that'll be a great conversation to have and a wonderful time for you to ask all of those questions. Now, remember, the question that we have been working through in every aspect of our series is, who am I? As a man, as a woman, as a child, who am I? And if you're trying to think what that means, I'm hoping to help you this morning. What does that even mean? Who am I? Now you might think, well, I'm me. I'm I'm Nick, or I'm Eva, or I'm Aiden, or I'm Joshua, whatever that is. That's not what I mean, though. What I mean is this. As a child, what kind of person does God want you to be? And how does that compare to how you think? to how you live, and to how you are going about the things that you do and the things that you want to do with your life. When I was a kid, I remember that people were always asking me what I wanted to do when I grow up. And that question really sort of made me anxious because it made me think that I had to have it all figured out by the time I was 10 years old. So I had all kinds of ideas about who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do with my life, and I was doing everything that I could to make that happen. But you know what? The things in my life didn't turn out any way at all like I thought they would happen. The things I'm doing now as an adult were nothing even close to what I imagined. God had different plans, and I'm thankful for that. 
So what I want us to think about this morning is not about what kind of job you want or if you're going to college or if you want a big family with a lot of kids or things along those lines because all of those questions will start to work themselves out as you think about some things a little bit more basic. All throughout your life, you're going to have opportunities to try a lot of new things, to go new places, to meet new people, to have different experiences. But what you want in the midst of all of that is something that doesn't change at all. That no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're with, it stays the same and you can depend on it. So that's what I want us to think about this morning. How do you, as a young person, get to a place in your life where you have something so solid that no matter how much everything else changes around you, there's one thing that will always keep you moving in the right direction. And if you, if you think about life as a long walk from the time you're born until the time you die, you realize that walk is all in the same direction. So how is that walk going to go for you? A lot of it, believe it or not, depends on how you start to think about the very things we're going to look at this morning. So let's begin by reading in Ephesians chapter 6. We're just going to read three verses, verses 1, 2, and 3. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So, I know all of you are thinking that I just said we're going to try and set a course for a faithful life, and now we just read a text in the Bible that tells you to obey your parents. I'm not tricking you, I promise. There's actually, this is a very big part of that course. So, we're going to think about this. Three principles, three commands for us to think about this morning. The first one is this. Children, you have important responsibilities in life. You have important responsibilities. One of the things that the world says about young people more and more through the years is that children just need to be children, which is okay to say in theory, but what does that actually mean? What many people mean when they say that it is that children should just be allowed to play all of the time and not be made to do anything or not to have any kind of standards put on them in life. No chores, no responsibilities, no homework, no standards. It's just like hanging out at grandma's house all of the time. Just fun, just play, just enjoy life because soon you're going to be an adult, and everyone knows that once you become an adult, it's all over. You can't enjoy life anymore. That sounds great, right? But it doesn't come from Scripture. That's not what God has designed for children at all. And while it may be fun as a child to live like that, you, you actually won't be very happy with your parents when you're an adult if that's what they let you do with your time. Now notice, the first thing that the Bible says here is that your first and primary responsibility is this. Obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. But here's an important thing for you to remember about what God is commanding of you. His main concern is not just that you do what you're told. Any of us can do that most of the time. But God's concern is never just about the things that you do or don't do. What the Lord is really concerned with is you understanding that you're under authority, and that authority is good for you. 
It's good for your protection. It's good for you to learn and to, to grow in understanding and wisdom. All of that is for your benefit. And so when you can understand that you have authority in your life, your parents mainly, and that's for your good, you're able to see more clearly how important obedience is. So when the Lord tells you to obey your parents, you can do something not just because they they told you to, but knowing that it's for your good, knowing that they're telling you to do that out of a love for you and for your benefit that they're calling you to obey, even if you don't quite understand at that moment. That's not to say them asking you to do something doesn't benefit them also, but you're a contributing member of your family, and you should desire, you should desire to benefit your family. But even more important than that, God doesn't just want you to obey your parents. He wants you to obey your parents with a cheerful heart. Paul literally writes, children, listen under your parents in the Lord. So what he means is that you should be listening to your parents. If you don't really listen, you can't really obey, right? But it's, it's difficult to obey sometimes, isn't it? Especially with a cheerful heart. You may want to play or do something that your, your parents are, are not asking you to do. You want to do something else. But even when that happens, even when they ask you to do something you don't want to do, you're learning something really important that's going to help you in life. Part of being a child is learning that in your life, your plans to do what you want, the things you want to do for yourself are often being changed because there are other things more important in that moment. You may not know why taking out the trash or, or vacuuming the floor or mowing the grass or, or all of these kinds of chores that we do are preparing you to be an adult, but that's what your parents are doing. They're helping you prepare to be adults. If they don't give you these things to do, they're not preparing you for anything and you have in your mind that as you grow up that someone will clean your room for you, someone will always do your laundry for you, And you can just spend all of your time doing your hobbies and having a good time. But unless you have more money than you know how to spend and can hire someone to do all of that for you, that's not actually how life is. So your parents are helping you realize really important things about life. And this is it. Ready for this? This is really exciting news. The majority of your life will be spent doing chores and spending all the money on, that you make on, your, on paying your bills. That's the majority of life. Isn't that exciting? And the sooner you learn that, the sooner you learn how to do these things responsibly, the sooner you learn how to do these things well and how to do these things efficiently, you will be able to enjoy other things in life and the better life will go. You're learning that now. So, children, you should be listening to what your parents have to say, knowing that your responsibility is to make sure you understand what you're being asked to do and then doing it. Now, I realize when all of us as children, all of us go through this, we become teenagers and we have this flash in life where we we know everything for a few years, but that goes away again, and you have to go back to not understanding so much. So, as you're young, learn these things... When you know everything as a teenager, remember some of those things you learned as a young child because you're going to look back to those when you get into early adulthood. 
Listen to your parents' instruction. It's for your good. So if your parents ask you to clean your room and you just shove everything under your bed or in your closet to make it look clean, did you really listen to your parents? Did you really obey what they are asking you to do? You may have done something that looks like it can pass for what they ask, but remember the Lord's main concern. His main concern is your heart. Why are you doing it that way? Now, you know, I was a boy at one point in my life, and some might even describe me as a difficult boy. I did a lot of things in a lot of ways that I shouldn't have, or I sort of did what I was told enough so that I could get out of doing something, but it wasn't really obedience. So I know what it's like to be a kid. I know what it's like to not want to do what my parents asked me to do, but I've learned that even for adults, it's difficult to obey sometimes. The problem is, as an adult, when you don't obey sometimes, the consequences are far worse. And so it's really important that all of us ask ourselves, how are we supposed to obey? And the answer that we have in our home is obey right away in a cheerful way. And here's something else that can help you obey with the right heart. Even if you're not too excited about obeying your parents right now because they frustrated you or you don't like what they're asking you to do or you're busy doing something else and they're interrupting you, you can remember that obeying your parents is one of the main ways at this point in your life that you obey God. And so you may not be happy with your parents, but you have every reason to obey God. You can give no reason as to why it's ever okay to disobey God. So you may not... You may not like that, but when you obey God, that means you're listening to your parents' instruction and you're following through with their instruction in the right way. That's tough. I admit that. I get that. There are things I have to do now to obey God that I don't, that don't always feel like doing. So when that happens, I have to remind myself why it's important for me to do what God asks. And this is it. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I command. And so, in the same way, when children obey their parents, they're showing them love, they're showing them respect, they're showing them consideration, they're showing them that they think very highly of them. That's, that's really important to your parents, but more important, that's really important to God. Now, there's something else here that's really important to understand about what Paul is saying. He writes that children are to obey their parents, how? He says, in the Lord. So Paul is saying that children are to obey the things from their parents that are consistent with God's Word. So what that means is parents don't have the right to demand of you to obey them in everything they tell you to do if that thing that they're telling to, you to do goes against God's Word. So for example, if your parents ever tell you to lie to someone or to steal something, in those times you're obeying God by not doing what is asked of you. Because God teaches us how important it is to not lie and to not steal. That's in God's law. And so all of this is more about obeying God. And obeying God means that in most instances, and I hope your parents aren't asking you to lie or to steal, that we're going to do what we are asked. And I want you to know how important obedience is for you as a child. Think of this. In ancient Israel... If a man had a stubborn and rebellious son who did not obey his parents, 
even though they properly disciplined him. The parents were to bring him before the elders. They were to publicly denounce their son and to say, he's no longer my son. And then the parents presented him before the men of the city and they stoned him to death. John Calvin said, those who abusively or stubbornly violate parental authority are monsters, not men. Hence the Lord commands that all those disobedient to their parents be put to death. Now I know that may sound very harsh to you. And I'm personally thankful that Christ has died to set us free from the demands of the civil law in the Old Testament, or else I might not be here this morning. But there's a moral principle that's really important behind this law. God takes obedience very seriously. So when a child disobeys his parents, it's not something we should giggle about. Parents, when we see rebellion, when we see lack of obedience, we should never conclude simply that kids will be kids. No, kids will be the kinds of kids that we train them to be as we work to shepherd and instruct their hearts. There's no guarantee that they're going to become Christians or that they'll always obey out of a cheerful heart, but they can and should be trained to honor those in authority in their lives, and that begins at home, and that begins with their parents. So children, you have a lot of responsibilities in your life already, and almost all of those responsibilities begin with obeying your parents. Do your schoolwork to the best of your ability. Keep your space at home clean. Eat your meals. Do your chores. All of those things are things that your parents are probably asking you to do, and God is asking you to do them with a cheerful heart. But here's something really important to remember. Asking you to obey your parents God is promising something that you may appreciate a little more. That's the second thing for us to see this morning. Children, enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Notice, Paul highlights a really important part of the fifth commandment. He gives the fifth commandment from Exodus 20, honor your father and mother. But then he highlights that this is the first commandment with a promise. And that promise is a really important part of our motivation. And Paul spells it out here just as we read and says that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. This is God's promise. Honor your parents that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Now, of course, all of us can name reasons why children sometimes don't live long lives and why things don't go well for them. We live in a fallen, sinful world. And sometimes there are reasons other than a child not honoring their parents that the promise doesn't work out for them. Not because it's not true, but because this is what we call a general principle, not necessarily an absolute in every situation. But the principle makes sense, and it's very important for us. If you obey your parents, you will regularly be warned of dangers, things that you can avoid, so that you can experience less accidents or trauma in your life. I can think of a lot of things I got into as a kid because I was being disobedient. And I could have saved myself a lot of pain and heartache. Everything from broken bones to the aftermath of getting spanked and having to tell my parents I did something knowing that I disappointed them. My sin is not honoring my parents. Obeying them often leads, though, to things going well for you, even in that moment and long term. When you honor your parents, you will eventually learn that you've, you've been kept 
from developing bad habits or bad friends that may attempt to sneak into your life and cause you harm. You will learn what it means to develop a healthy character. Now, the book of Proverbs is mainly, I think every child should spend a lot of time in the book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom written mainly by a father to his son. And one of the things that he writes in Proverbs 4 and verse 10 says this. He says, listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. And so, children, I want to ask you a question. Are you obeying and honoring your parents? If not, why not? Why not? You will only ever have these parents. And so what are you doing to make the best of that relationship? Pay attention to them. Obey them. Honor them. And realize that God gives you a great promise that if you do, things will turn out well for you. Your parents love you. And I know that because not only are they your parents, but they have you in church every week learning God's Word and making sure you're, experience, you're experiencing God's Word, you're hearing from God's Word, and you're around His people. That's so important for you. And your parents do that because they love you. So don't reject that, but honor them and obey them. And when you honor your parents, you have both their blessing, but more importantly, you have the Lord's blessing. And as a result, you will be able to enjoy your life. Now let me let you in on a little secret. Your parents are sinners just like you. I know that's hard to believe for some of you. But there are going to be times when they don't respond to things in the right way. There will be times when your parents make bad decisions. There will be times when they don't do or say the things that they should. But most of the time, in most cases, they're going to respond to you in love and with a desire to take care of you, especially for those of you whose parents are Christians and love the Lord and want to honor the Lord. They're going to respond to your honoring them by blessing you in such a way that you will enjoy your life more than if you try to do what you want to do outside of what they have asked of you. But let me tell you something about this promise. I've already said a few times, that God's greatest concern isn't what you do in your actions, but what goes on in your heart behind those actions. If your heart is right, your actions will be right, and then we can expect that God's promise will be true for us. But here's the reality. If you don't know and trust and believe in and love the Lord Jesus Christ, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, you won't actually be able to do this. You may think you're honoring your parents by doing what they want, but I know your parents well enough to know that what they really want for you more than anything is that you hear the gospel and that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that you repent of your sin, and you walk with a desire to obey, not ultimately your parents, but ultimately obey God. But until you have genuine faith in Christ, obeying and honoring your parents can't happen in the way God wants it to happen. You'll continue to rebel. You will continue to have anger in your heart. You will continue to try to do everything in action instead of dealing with your heart. Now listen, children. Your parents are giving you everything that's necessary that you might have everlasting life in Jesus Christ. What excuse do you have in your heart that you would not place your faith in Christ? 
You have far more just in being here this hour than some children you will know in life will ever have. And the Lord holds you responsible for that. What are you trusting in? When you die and stand before God, whenever that is, what are you going to tell Him about when you heard the gospel and yet did not believe? What excuse will you have to not have faith in Jesus Christ? I hope you'll think about that and talk about with, that with your parents today because God's great desire is to have your heart, not just your actions. And so that's the question we have to ask. How's my heart? Am I right with God? Do I love and trust and obey the Lord Jesus Christ? So when Paul's telling us that we can really enjoy life when we follow this command, he's telling us that the way to do that is to go to the only source of true joy. The only place where real lasting joy can be found, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, the last thing that's implied in this text, it's implied all throughout the Bible, is this. Children, grow up. <laughs> grow up. Now, I know that all of your moms are telling you that you're growing up too fast and you need to slow down. What they mean is that they love you in all the stages of life, and it's going really fast, and they wish that they could make you stop growing for a while because they know that you're very quickly moving toward that day when you're going to be out of their home. But they really do want you to grow up. Your parents' job, as I said before, is to help you become productive adults. Someone who's going to contribute to your family, someone who will contribute to your church, someone who will contribute to your community. Your parents don't want you to be 25 years old living on their couch without any education, without any job, and something to do with your life. That's not a good thing. They don't want you to still be a kid when you're 25 years old. They want you to be an adult. But remember, preparing to be an adult is not when you're 17 or 18. It begins right now. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have fun and play and be silly and enjoy your friends and games and toys and all of those things. You should, and I hope that you do. But what I am saying is that when you have responsibilities given to you, you need to take them seriously because it's mastering those little things that you have now that you'll be really helpful at getting you to manage the big things later in life. Keeping track of your stuff and not losing it all the time keeping your room picked up, keeping your bed made, being helpful around the house, doing things that need to be done, even if you're not asked to do them. When you're asked to do something, doing it with the right heart, doing it with a cheerful attitude. Something you learn very quickly when you're an adult is that as a child, you heard from a lot of people how smart you are, how talented you are, something along those lines, but it doesn't take you very long as an adult to realize that when compared to everyone else around you, you're not very special. It's the reality. You're special to your parents. You're special to me. You're special to those near you that love you. But in terms of your smarts and your abilities, you're a lot like everyone else. And you need to know that. You're not all that different. You're not... You're not God's gift to the world. And not everyone who looks at you is going to be amazed and awe-inspired because you're such a unique individual. But let me tell you something that will help you big time when you get into your adult years. 
Spending your time now learning all that you can about what it means to be a person who's living for God in a fallen world is the most valuable thing you can know. When you're living for God in a fallen world, most people at first are going to look at you and say, well, they're not all that special. But when they start to realize something, they'll start to think, wait a second. This woman, she's, she's working harder in her job than anyone else around her. Wow, this guy is far more respectful of all of the women around him than any other guy I've ever met. Or this woman is very responsible with her money and her time. And this guy is very wise about the things he does and, and the way he goes about them. Where does all of that come from? All of those are things that come from biblical principles. Because earlier in life, you've spent your time to learn the Bible and how to apply it. There's this really helpful verse in 1 Timothy. It's in chapter 4 and verse 12. And Paul's writing to young Timothy, who was a new pastor at the time. He was a young man, and here's what he wrote. He said, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Now, Paul is not instructing Timothy to tell people, hey, you can't look down on me just because I'm young. He's not saying that. He's telling Timothy this. He's saying, hey, young man, live your life in such a way that you don't give the people around you any reason whatsoever to despise the fact that you're full of youth. He's calling Timothy to be better than youthfulness and to live with wisdom and maturity beyond his years. So this isn't about defending yourself as if youthfulness is a virtue. It's, it's not. It's about being better than usefulness and humility. It's, it's pursuing that sort of belief and speech and conduct and love and faith and purity that sets an example for other believers around you. Your actions must speak louder than your words or your words will do nothing but loudly announce to the world your immaturity. So the Lord has commanded these things of you as a child, and they're very different from what the world thinks about a child, and very different maybe than what you think about your childhood and what you think it should be. Your friends in your neighborhood or at school or kids you meet on your sports teams or clubs, many of them will have different ideas about what their life should be. A lot of them are worried about what they wear or what they watch or listen to or the things they do. They're worried about what celebrities are doing or what other people are thinking about them or saying about them. As you get a little older, you're worried about how many people like your pictures on Instagram or how many friends you have on Snapchat. But the Lord is really calling you to grow up, to trust in Christ to honor and obey your parents in the Lord, and to walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel that sets an example to other believers. All of that other stuff disappears pretty quickly. In 10 years, in 15 years, a lot of the things that people think are important today are going to be completely meaningless. I know that because there are things that I thought was really important that if I showed you today, you wouldn't even know what it is like a cassette tape. We found one the other day and my kids just stared at it. What do you do with a cassette tape? Reebok pump shoes. Those were pretty awesome. Where are those to be found? Nowhere. 
You saw them, you'd scratch your head and have all kinds of questions because there are things that are here today and gone tomorrow. In the moment, that seems really important that I'm, I'm wearing the right shoes, I'm listening to the right music, but that's where you need to look and follow after true meaning. A godly young man or a godly young lady is one of the most precious things in the world. And the more you strive for godliness in your life, the more your life you will actually enjoy. Even though in that moment it may seem difficult because you may be a little bit different from people around you. It may be different from a standard that you're seeing around you, but trust the Lord. Can you at least trust that what the Lord wants for you is better than anything you could want for yourself? If so, he, you can know that he wants what's best for you And as you lean on him and trust in him, he will give you the desires of your heart and you will know peace, you will know joy everlasting, you will know what it means to truly enjoy life. Because you're going to get into your 30s and you're going to realize everyone that you thought was cool and popular back in the day, most of them are still pretty much the same as they were back then. And a lot of them haven't done a whole lot with their lives. What are you going to do with your life? I pray, your parents pray, that it's trusting in, following after, and obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing you can do as a child. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again so much for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to consider your word. We thank you, especially this morning, for our children. We thank you, O God, that you have given instruction to children in your word, that your word covers all men, all women, all children who have ever lived. Your commands go to all of us. All of our hearts must respond. And so we pray, O God, that as we consider the things that you have shown us in your word this morning, that we might more faithfully look to obey you, to walk with you in joy everlasting. Lord, help us in those difficult times when we don't want to obey, to know that in our obedience we truly enjoy life far greater than whatever it is presenting itself to us in the moment. It may seem fun, it may seem exciting right now, But God, I pray for our young people that you help them to have an understanding of life and a view of life that far exceeds the present moment. That they might walk faithfully in love for Christ and that you might bless all that they seek to do in loving you and honoring you and obeying you. We pray you would do all of this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.